0: Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly
1: Peters and me, Regina Lally. We're back with our 40th episode this week to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. We thought it was about time that given its prolific mentioning across various other social media platforms that we started a conversation about Clubhouse
0: yeah I think we mentioned it in one or two of our podcasts in the uh, previously that it'd be something that we wanted to talk about because it was a big phenomenon that everyone was trying to encourage their network to get on board with and say come meet me in clubhouse and then we as always we are always a little bit hesitant to jump on to the the latest bandwagon when it comes to these tools we've seen a couple of uh, articles which have reconfirmed our level of hesitation sorry
1: I was just going to say it's quite interesting I think when you look quite quickly because I think it's only really started appearing I think it appeared sort of lockdown time but it sort of really gained traction in the last few months I think maybe again with this third lockdown going on in the UK maybe it's hit us a bit more but um, it's got over six million registered users and obviously for those of you who may be listening and don't know what Clubhouse is it's uh, the being touted as sort of the new social media platform and it's audio only the idea being that it's kind of a mix really of a a sort of a a podcast and phone call type thing so that you can log in and find conversations that you are interested in listening to but potentially also participate in so depending on the setup of the room so it might be conversations between two famous people and you know then you're restricted i think you're more restricted you're just listening but it's kind of like live podcasting i guess and certainly there's been a proliferation of sort of a it being mentioned on social media and as you say invite you know people are saying oh i've got they've made it sort of that exclusivity of it's invite only at the moment also it's only for iphone at the moment so there's that kind of want to be part of something potentially it's creating that fear of missing out so you know it's seen as a way of i think you're encouraging your users to do your marketing for you by yeah. that sort of like I'm part of this club do you want to be part of it too and you know like that's how Facebook started out back in the day you know you had to be part of a university in America or invited by somebody who was and obviously that's now very different and I think it's sort of a way of these apps building up their the interest which obviously people then are interested in because they think oh well it's something what's going on I want to find out more as you said both of us have been quite hesitant just because we wanted to wait and see what any potential privacy or issue- Oh, might. <laughs> and in the last few weeks I think it's fair to say that there's been a few that have been highlighted. Yeah. So I think you found the first article by a chap called Alexander Hampf and there were some interesting points in that.
0: Yeah, and, and he made the point that this system breaches not just GDR, the privacy electronic communications regulation, which I don't think a lot of people pay attention to and they've probably not appreciated it. They probably think about from a direct marketing perspective and haven't really considered it from a, the security of communication communication, that it also regulates. I really liked about what Alex said, was that he went directly to their privacy policy. And he was like, not many people do that, but me knew both do exactly the same thing, go to the privacy policy to check things out. So, one of the things that PECA requires you to do is to provide end to end encryption on communications, electronic communications. Now, what his argument is is because policy states that for security purposes, for uh, supporting any investigations into complaints about what discuss, your record your sessions are recorded. So his argument is because it's being recorded, that's not end to end encryption. Actually, the very first stance is that you're breaching a very fundamental piece of European law. If you didn't record it, then it may not be a problem, but you've openly said that you record on the platform course. He then raises a really good point. One of the requirements is that you invite your contacts from your phone. Again, in Europe, there are strict measures in place that say that you can't refer the friend if you don't, because you won't have consent. So you can't bring your friends on to the party because you have got their consent. Therefore, the the friend doesn't apply and therefore clubhouse can't be using the data because they don't have legal business. So, and his argument was that there is, because some people might be on here and say, well, actually, from a data protection perspective, there's a domestic use. That, uh, there are things that if I'm doing stuff in my personal life, data protection doesn't apply. And his mm-hmm. is because of the platform and the fact that it, there is a commercial view to it, a domestic use clause doesn't apply. Right. So you would have to get consent from all of your contacts prior to putting them onto Clubhouse. And the reality is no one's done that. So he said that his argument is they shouldn't have access access to that information quite
1: interesting then because there's potentially an issue there obviously there's the issue around fact that clubhouse have got data they shouldn't but from an individual perspective if any one of my friends or contacts who's got my telephone number in their phone has mm-hmm. given permission for clubhouse to access those contacts they will have a copy of my telephone mm-hmm. number without me necessarily even knowing which um, then again there's that sort of right to be informed isn't there about the fact that your data is being processed and what's what's the purpose of it so and i believe that there are ways that from what i was reading that there's ways that apps can do that have that invite function so that you can invite a friend but without the organization actually processing the data Mm -hmm. so it leaves it outside of it being processed by their servers it leaves it on the device itself as Mm -hmm. that check which is then less it, it then does fit within the domestic use side because it's only what i'm doing as an individual to invite my friends as opposed to the organisation doing checks against who's already in or not. So there were ways that they could have looked to have implemented their approach better than they've taken the time to do potentially.
0: Absolutely. And I think you also may find that with a number of apps you can sign in with your social media profile, for example. So you could sign in maybe with Twitter. And then through that, it's, it also gives Clubhouse the right to bring you cross profile information about you. So actually what they have on you is pretty phenomenal, really. So so you've potentially given them all access to your contacts, you've potentially given them access to your profile information. So your his argument is that they haven't really considered privacy from an individual's perspective, or haven't applied data protection by design and by default. They have just come up with a new way, and data protection isn't even the second or third thing on the agenda. It's possibly like, oh, maybe I should have considered that as an afterthought. Um, and now there's so much more hype, there is a lot more scrutiny being placed on the app. And what was really interesting was I posted my LinkedIn about this and I wasn't sure how many people would have it. and one of the questions I got on my post was well I'm a little bit concerned of how my data is being used what are my rights what can I actually do but that's a really good question as like you can obviously go to Clubhouse you can go to Clubhouse and ask them to obviously delete your information because if it's going to be based on consent and you revoke your consent you obviously have the right for your data to be deleted from the system so I suggested that they contact Clubhouse. I think the much bigger concern is the one that you made is there will be people that will not or not know that their data is being processed by Clubhouse so they won't know what rights fall to them because they don't know that their data is being processed by Clubhouse. So I think to me that's one of the issues is the not knowing that your privacy is being invaded. I was just going
1: to say I think it's um, you know you can be and I think this is where we have a responsibility to others as well, When we're thinking about how we use and make their data available, even as individuals, you know, what is it that we're sharing and would that person genuinely be happy about it? So, you know, obviously, you and I are potentially more concerned than a lot of people in the general public would be about what happens with our data. And we will take the time to look at what's happening. Should we download this app? What are they going to do with our data? But unless all of our friends' networks take that same care, then there's still potential, no matter how careful you are as an individual, data could end up in a place that individually we wouldn't want it to end up and I think that's quite interesting in terms of obviously individuals have different levels of of risk type for their own personal information and levels of understanding and that combination could be really interesting to see you know how do you try and make sure that your own data stays as secure as possible when you're sharing it with people who maybe are more free with their data or don't have the level of the same understanding and that's that's an that's where it has to be you know led by organizations to make sure that they're making it easy for individuals to protect their own and other people's data because you can't rely on everybody to have that same level of interest they'll just want the free stuff and i think when that gets exploited it can be dangerous and that's
0: why i think it's important that the organization that i know they think they've come up with a, a new snazzy application that's going to be really relevant to the market but that the reason privacy by design and by default is in the regulation is it requires you as an organization to think about the impact on individuals first, from the point of design all the way through to the point of it going live that whole end-to-end design process and if you haven't done that then this is Typically, the outcome is that people get switched on, they pay more attention to it, and they're like, Well, you've clearly not done this. Because had you done that, you'd have seen the security issues would have been addressed, the end to end encryption would have been covered. It, you know, you wouldn't be recording people in the, the rooms and stuff. There's a reason it's in the law. And there's a reason why you should have considered it at the beginning of your journey, rather Mm. than now as an afterthought. And
1: it's, I think, following on from that, you made a good point there about sort of security and potential issues. I was sort of having a look around the news in the last couple of weeks. There's been flags around breaches and data spills. I think was the way it was phrased. And one of those was around a user who breached that the the user breached the terms and conditions. It wasn't a, a hack per se, but essentially that user accessed multiple chat rooms and then streamed those onto their own website using Clubhouse's API. So yes, the user's been banned, but it's still potentially if you believe that what you're talking about and the session that you're running within Clubhouse is on Clubhouse, stays on Clubhouse and is only available to the people who were in the room at that time. And that's then made available through other measures. Apparently there's an interview with Elon Musk that's been available on YouTube, from, uh, been taken from Clubhouse. And I think it's important that people are aware that there's potentially the fact that it's on the internet, your voice is there. It's it's not always going to be as private as you may initially believe it. And then the other side of that that was quite interesting was the Stanford Internet Observatory did some looking at the Clubhouse setup and uh, a review of processes that they had in place. I think not commissioned by Clubhouse necessarily, but they identified a risk that the information that was being stored and used on Clubhouse could be made available to the Chinese government. So their hosting platform, the hosting company, a company called Agora, is a US company, it's got US-based servers and they're adamant that the, the Clubhouse information stays on there. But the, the Stanford Internet Observatory said because there's, they ha- also have a partnership with the Chinese, with China, there's pings that go across to the servers. So that means because they've got that presence and partnership in China, that they also have to comply with Chinese security legislation and if the Chinese government wanted to access data because they believe somebody's talking about particular topics that they've made illegal to talk about then that there's the risk that information could have to be shared or that they could just access it. And so, again, that then puts people's data at risk because what's the limitations around that? How is it restricted to Chinese citizens only? Now, Clubhouse said that they didn't release it initially in China because of the the different security and the the different laws that are in place there that give greater access and and control to the Chinese government. But the setup that they then put in place means that the data isn't as protected as as they thought it was. And some of the other issues that were found and were around the fact that this the hosting company could also have access to encryption keys, so it could have access to the data and potentially to some user information around their profiles, the chat rooms they've been in, and therefore the audio. So Again, it's something that they're addressing after the fact. So, saying, you know, we're looking at how we can improve our data protection. We're bringing in an external company to try and review it. Agora have said that they've stopped that ping into the Chinese servers so that there's no link there. But, like you said, it, it doesn't seem to have been thought about and planned out from the start in a way of what are the mitigations and protections we can put in place to secure the data. It's somebody raising, here's an issue that you should have thought about, and them going, oh, yeah, we need to deal with that. Oh, yeah, we need to deal with that. And for me, that doesn't give me great confidence in the company. And you then wonder, what else is it that they're going to yeah. be doing with the information? And I guess there's a little part of me in my own, and this is purely my own, not fear, worry maybe, but, you know, voice recognition. Banks are starting to use voices as passwords because it's unique. There's then something out there that has lots of information collecting your voice, Yeah, different way you say things. Who's to say that at some point that couldn't be mined, used in a in a nefarious way to access your private financial information? So again, I'm a little bit dubious about how if it's going to be voice sort of led, then I'd want that company to be really taking data protection seriously.
0: Wow. So and clearly we could talk about this for a significant amount of time, and that has been incredibly um, informative. So we'll wrap this up now, and we'll likely come back to it again in the future. But if you do have any questions, comments, or want to challenge us on what we said, please email us at coffee at dbxuk.com. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.